In Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord going forth today. Thank you for clarity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for speaking to our hearts. That which is needed, tailor make it for this congregation this day. We glorify you for it. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. amen. So we know that a season can be lengthened. Or a season can be shortened, and oftentimes it's really up to us. They say that a trip from the uh, from Egypt into the Promised Land was nine and a half days, and it took them forty years. And all the time they were groaning and they were moaning and they were complaining. But I believe that God wants to fast track you and fast track me into our wealthy place, into our place of promise. Amen. Amen. And it's not going to become by complaining or moaning. It's going to come by praising and rejoicing in the Lord our God. Amen. Amen. So life then is divided up into seasons. Now we have the Christmas season. How many of you honestly have already started celebrating Christmas? Yeah. Amen. The Christmas season gets expanded every year. Have you noticed? And it's baseball season. Amen. The A's are going to make it into the playoffs. And then there's the school season. Every season takes its turn. And every season comes to an end. Today is the first day of fall. You can sense fall in the air. Summer's over. Fall is here. I can almost smell the Thanksgiving turkey from here. That was prophetic. That, that almost rhymed. Amen. No winter lasts forever. Can you say thank God? No spring will skip its turn. Now one thing we can do is we can harvest from every season that we're in. Never leave a season without learning something. Never leave a season empty-handed. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 19 through 21, it says, And I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all of my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. I guess so. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass. When you have favor in your life, good things are going to come to pass. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. And then from the message translation of chapter 12, we see what happened. It says in verse 34, the people grabbed their bread dough before it had risen. They bundled their bread bowls in their cloaks and threw them over their shoulders. The Israelites had already done what Moses had told them, and they asked the Egyptians for silver and gold things and clothing. God saw to it that the Egyptians liked the people so readily they gave them what they asked for. Oh yes, they picked those Egyptians clean. Amen. So when you leave a season, don't leave empty-handed. We can learn from the seasons of life that we've been in. We can gain a heart of wisdom. We can grow in attitude. 
we can grow in our desire on the inside for better. Sometimes we understand what we do need to do, and other times we need to understand that we didn't need to do that. But it's all a learning experience. Don't get in condemnation if you stubbed your toe during a season. God is the God of resurrection. He can raise you up and He can lift you up. Don't get under a cloud of condemnation just because you failed and you've missed it. We serve a God who raises people from the dead. Amen? Now, I got this in my spirit. And, uh, well, let me just say this. You know, if you went through a season in a coma, at least you could learn, praise God, that you come out rested. <laughs> the Lord gave me some things here. I want to I wanna impart to you by God's grace. How many of you are believing with me today? If you've been through a season, a tough season, before you move forward into another season, do these things. Number one, Philippians chapter three, verse 13 and 14. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. What Paul is saying, I haven't arrived, but I'm still on my way. But he says, this one thing I will do for sure. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting the tough season that I just went through. Letting it go, not allowing it to become a permanent fixture in my mind, not allowing it to become a permanent fixture in my words and in my actions. I am forgetting those things which are behind, but I'm not just forgetting them and letting them go. I'm now reaching. I am reaching forth unto the new season because there are things that are before you and before us as a church that we must reach for. We must contend for the Spirit of God, the Spirit of prayer, and a mighty move of God in our midst. Can you say amen? He said, I'm not just forgetting, and I'm not just reaching, but I'm also pressing. What are you pressing for? I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God has a mark for you. God has a plan for you. But in order for us to walk in those things that he's planned, we must forget and reach and press. The mere fact that Paul said they're pressing toward the mark means that you and I are going to face pressures along the way. We are going to face things that will tell us no way. But like we sang the song today, He is the way. Amen. And so what we need to do then is understand that there is a thief out there that comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, to delay, and try to keep us out of the place that God has foreordained for us. But we must continue to press through the pressures of life. And the things that will help us to press is to stand on the exceeding great and precious promises of Almighty God. Here's what I got in my spirit. We must, and I'll include me in this, we must stop replaying and reliving the past. We read last week, we have been on this mountain long enough. It's time to pack up and get out and go in and take the land. Amen? Amen. 
And I got this in my spirit as well. Once we are out of a season, we must stay out of a season. What do you mean stay out? In our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Amen. The second thing I believe that the Lord wants to impart to us today is this. If you are down, or if you have experienced a setback. You know, Keith Hersey preaches one of the greatest messages I've ever heard. He said, don't let a setback cause you to sit back, prepare for a comeback. Amen. You know, Jesus is the comeback champion of the world. Down there in Hades, the devil thought he really had him big time. Amen. They're having a party down in the corridors of hell. But on that third morning, the God who's more than enough said, it is enough and raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. So no matter where you've been, no matter how you've failed, no matter how difficult it has been, listen, folks, God has got a turnaround for you and for me. So if you're down or or experience a setback, here it is. Amen. Believe for quick recoveries. Quick recoveries. He quickens the dead. He quickens. He makes alive dead things. The Bible says this. Though a man fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. Why? Because the Lord upholds him with his hand. Furthermore, in Psalms 24, 16, it says, For a just man may fall seven times, but thank God, God causes him to rise up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now, how many of you wore your 11 a.m. shouting, dancing, glory, hallelujah clothes? Amen. Well, let's look at Micah chapter 7 and verse 18. Amen. And let's get happy right where we're at. In Micah, the seventh chapter, and we'll wait till they get there, and the 18th verse, let's read it together. Rejoice not against me, O my... And see, you've got to have a conversation sometimes with the devil. He's talking to you. It's time to talk back. So, Mr. Devil, don't you get so happy just because I've been in a setback. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Let's read together. When I fall... Oh, come on. You need to read that stronger. When I fall, one more times. When I, whoo, glory to God. In other words, I'm not staying down. I'm getting, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When you fall, you shall arise. Somebody says, man, I've been down there in the cellar too long. It's time for you to repent and get back to the penthouse. Here's what the Lord said. If you need to repent, repent. Sometimes we get in seasons and stay in seasons because we're stinkers. (laughs) Because we've let sin abound in our lives. We've messed with things that we shouldn't be messing with. We've said things and done things that we never should have done. You know, I got a word for you, and it's a Bible word. It's repent. Repent. Repentance is a gift. It's not a dirty word. 
confessing your sins before Him because He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness is a gift of God. But you've got to be man enough or woman enough to say, you know what, I'm in this mess not because of where I grew up. I'm in this mess not because of the government. I'm in this mess not because of this or that. I'm in this mess because I haven't lived for God. Some of you just lost your shout. But you, but you know what? I've had to repent before. Anybody in the house ever had to repent before? Woo, glory to God. It may have hurt at first, but oh, thank God, He pours in the oil. He pours in the wine. And He makes all things new. Look at your neighbor and say, repent. <laughs> Just basically <laughs> make the adjustments. Somebody tries to steal your pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving meal, you just say, repent in Jesus' name. And then I want to encourage you to start looking unto Jesus for the new. What do you mean, looking to Jesus for the new? You see, new things grow in new seasons. Say it with me, new things, good things, God things, grow in new seasons. Now in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, it says this, and this lines up with what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Remember, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Well, Pastor, I've been hurt. Well, how long are you going to nurse that hurt? I believe this, to get into the seasons of life that God wants us to, we must forgive. Yeah, forgive. Forgive that old rat. Look in the mirror and forgive yourself. Some people live under such a cloud of condemnation that they won't forgive themselves. Who are we to hold something against oneself that God has already forgiven? So-and-so wronged me. So-and-so said this. So-and-so did that. You know, the people that wronged you, they're not even thinking about you. You might as well be honest about it. I mean, unless they've had an experience with God, they're not thinking about you. But you thinking about what they did is holding you down and holding you back and keeping you off track to your new season. So say it with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus... I forget and I forgive anyone, including myself, of any past hurts, any past wrongs. I let it go. I release them. And in Jesus' name, I am released. Oh, 10 seconds of praise. Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. The Lord is good. Amen. So that's something to shout about, guys. We do not have to stay where we are. We can move on up to higher ground. So when we talk about seasons, we're talking about time. 
Psalms 90 and verse 12. Let's look there. Psalms 90 and verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days. There should be some counting. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. People that waste time are not operating in wisdom. The NLT says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. The New King James says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is available to those who will not waste their life. God will give you everyday wisdom. He'll give you everyday direction. If you will go all in for Him, well, He's already all in for you, but what He's all in you for will come into manifestation if you'll position yourself for wisdom. And one way that we do that is we number our days. How many of you know that time is relative? I mean, two weeks on vacation is a whole lot better than two weeks on Jenny Craig. (laughs) Is that right? Man, a whole lot rather be in Maui or Kauai, you know, than on Weight Watchers. Matter of fact, when I go there, I don't watch my weight. My weight watches me. Anyway. (laughs) So, all of us, everyone here is conscious of time. Some of you have iPads, some of you have watches. You know, some of you have this, you're wondering, you're saying, hmm, how long is this going to (laughs) last? Don't say amen too loud. So, time then, it is the currency of the dimension in which we live. We get a fresh stack every day. All of us get 24 hours of time every day. Now, time is life. And how we spend our time is how we will spend our life. So it's important then that we look at, how am I spending my time? Am I overdosing on television? Am I overdosing on the entertainment that is in this world? Don't misunderstand me. I watch TV and I go to movies. I enjoy entertainment. But I understand this, that it's possible for Pastor Mark to get over-entertained. And we don't want to get over-entertained at the expense of this word. Because it's not the Raiders, the 49ers, the A's, the Giants, or the Sharks that are going to make a big difference in our lives. Now understand this. I said this in the early service. Television is a result of a writer telling their vision. And depending on their worldview, it matters. If a person has a worldview that is twisted, that's going to come out in the vision that they're telling online. So you need to be, you need to be very aware of that and conscious of that. You don't want to become, you know, you know, a weirdo and trying to correct everybody, but you are the custodian of your spirit, your soul, and your body. What you watch, what you look at, what you do with your time is your life. Oh, Jesus. 
Now he's the timeless one. He's not in time. He was before time. He was, is, and will always be. He's the timeless one. So what I can do and you can do is we can spend time with the timeless one. And as we spend time, which is currency, we will receive from the timeless one a transaction. And that transaction can be revelation. That transaction can be wisdom. That transaction can be direction. That transaction can be quickening. It pays great dividends to spend time with the timeless one. Now look at Ephesians chapter 5. The Lord spoke to us last week and said, We are in a season of the soon return of the Lord. How much more should we be conscious of our associations? How much more should we be conscious of our time of fellowship? Now notice in verse 14. Wherefore he is saying to us, Awake, you that sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See to it then that you walk circumspectly, which means accurately and diligently. Circum is circle. Speckly is to see, like a spectacle. What this is saying to see and to perceive what is happening around you. Live circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. The word redeem there means to buy up to rescue from loss and to improve the opportunity. The NLT says, make most of your every opportunity. In other words, make most of your time. One translation says it all. It says this, making the most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. And this came to me as I was preparing this. What I believe the Spirit of the Lord placed in my heart is to say this, that wasted time opens the door for evil. That wasted time causes things to go south. Why do people spend time after time and hour and after hour in front of a computer Just surfing the net. You better watch out. There's sharks on that net. So I'm okay. I'm okay. No, you're not okay. You just think you're okay. Jesus is okay. And if you live your life from Jesus, you'll be circumspect. And you will not give place to the enemy with your time. What's the old saying? An idle mind? It is the devil's workshop. 
well, Pastor Mark, I just can't, I can't help what I do with my mind. You're wrong. Your mind is your mind. Say it with me. My mind is my mind. I can set my mind on Him. I can set my mind on things above. I will think on those things which are pure, lovely, honest, and of good report. I have the mind of Christ. Please don't waste your time. You're not wasting your time being in church. You're not wasting your time lifting up holy hands in the congregation. You're not wasting your time serving in the local body. In verse 17 it says, now listen, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so life is made up of seasons, and we must determine and we must define some things about every season. Now, I don't have a long word for you today, but I've got a concise word. I've got an anointed word that if you'll listen in the next five or ten minutes, it will pierce into your heart and it will make a huge difference in your life. In Jeremiah chapter 29, let's look over there. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Now, thoughts that he thinks toward us means the plans. God is not thinking bad thoughts about you. He is thinking good thoughts about you. Think about it. He doesn't entertain bad thoughts. He only has good thoughts and good plans. He said, now I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. Think about that. That word peace there is shalom. So what this is saying, the plans that he's thinking toward us are for our welfare. They are for our prosperity. They are for our health. They are for our peace. Amen. So the plans of God and the seasons of God he has for us are all good. Amen. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. In other words, I'm not a God who's going to bring adversity into your life to teach you some sort of a holy lesson. I'm not the God who brings affliction to you. I'm the God who delivers you out of all of them. I am not the God of calamity. I am the God of peace. I'm not a God of distress. I'm not bringing misery or sorrow or grief into your life. Now notice, i got great plans for you. It's going to produce glorious peace, no evil. And it says at the end of that verse, to give you an expected end. I saw this. He desires us to move to our next season, into our future, with great hope and great expectancy. Come on, somebody, say great hope and great expectancy. The NIV says it this way, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. How many of you could use a little prosperity? A little prosperity in your spirit. A little prosperity in your soul. A lot of prosperity in your whole life. 
He's got plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you hope and a future. Now, I'm going to go on the very edge of next week's message. And I want to talk to you about being prepared for the things that God has prepared for you. You know, someone can prepare a great meal for you. And I hope someone does prepare a meal for you after church. Someone can prepare a great meal. You know, you go to In-N-Out Burger and you get a double-double with French fries, animal style, and little soft drink. That's a great meal. And you hope the In-N-Out Burger is warm, right? And not cold. Someone can prepare a great meal for you. In Thanksgiving or Christmas. But you still got to show up for the meal. And God's got a great plan prepared for us. But we still got to show up and walk in it and walk it out. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Say it God's prepared a good life for us. But we must be ready... To receive it. I looked up the word prepare. The word prepare means to make all things ready. To put things in suitable order. To make or to take the necessary previous measures. In other words, if I'm going to be prepared for what he's prepared for me, I've got to make myself ready for it. I've got to get ready for it. In other words, if I choose to be debt-free, then I need to make some adjustments in my spending so I can be ready to go from the land of debt to the land of debt-free. If I desire to be married and I'm living wrong, I need to make the adjustment and start living right because no woman's going to want a single man that's wrong. Am I right, ladies? We do not subscribe to the song if loving you is wrong I don't want to be right (laughs) amen no you get right you stay right the wrong will leave and God will bring you the right person oh hallelujah oh I want to get married I want to get married I want to get married great you want to get married you have a J-O-B Huh? Oh, Pastor Mark, I want to get married to that man. He's so fine. He's so fine. Does fine pay his bills? (laughs) Say la. Yeah, but my flesh, my flesh, I need this. I need, I, I need, I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning. Take a cold shower. <laughs> to make all things ready. To put things in suitable order. To take the necessary previous measures. Well, I know I have a ministry. I just don't know what it is. 
then make the measures and prepare yourself by coming to growth track and finding out where your fit is. Instead of kind of walking around saying, I don't know, I don't know. Why doesn't the pastor ask me to do this? Why doesn't the pastor ask me to do that? Why not this? Why not that? Why don't you just stop all that and park for a while and just say, okay, Lord, what is it? And then use the means that we're making available to you so that you can know exactly what you're called to do and exactly where you fit in. And that's good preaching. No, I'm just not going to meddle any longer. So turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified Version. Ephesians, the second chapter and the 10th verse. Amen. Thank God He's got a plan for your life. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified. Hallelujah. I saw some things in the first service that I just trust you'll be able to, to minister to you. So we're going to look at uh, Ephesians, the second chapter and the 10th verse. And we're going to look at it in the Amplified Version. And it'd be great to be able to have it up there so we could all see and rejoice together. I ask you today, are you happy in church? Yes. Amen. All right. Now, for we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship. Say this with me. I am the handiwork of God. I am His workmanship. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. For we are His own handiwork, His workmanship. Now notice with me that we are in Christ Jesus. So that's a good thing to know. That you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And because Christ is in you, it is the hope of glory. In other words, it's the expectation of His great and glorious plan coming to pass in our life. Say with me, I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Goes on to say, born anew, that we may do those good works. Amen? which God predestined or planned beforehand. So there were evidently some things planned beforehand before you ever came on this planet that God already had in mind for you. I know the thoughts I have toward you. I've been thinking about you throughout the ages. As a matter of fact, I've got a picture of you tattooed on the palm of my hands. That's right. God has tattoos. Not really. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, say for me, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. Literally, before time was. Before time was. The timeless one said, I got my hand on that Hernandez boy right there. I got my hand on Isaiah. I got my hand on her. I got my hand on them. And I have placed within their hearts my plan for their lives. Hallelujah. Woo! What a God we serve! What kind of a God is this that prepares before time was the plan of God for our lives? 
He's take, taking paths. Said me, I'm taking the paths that you have prepared for me ahead of time. And I'll walk in them. And I'll live the good life. For you prearranged it for me. And you made it ready for me to live in, for me to walk in, for me to shout in, for me to praise in. It's a new season. Stand up, everybody. Let's rejoice in the Lord our God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, that encourages me. It encourages me, John, to know God's not done with me yet. God's not done with you yet. Don't buy the lie. The best is yet to come. Woo! The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in keeping with the message, say it with me, whether you need this or not, someone next to you might need it. Say it with me, I forget, I forget the, past. the past. I'm reaching to the things, to the things which are before. before. I, individually, I individually and my church, and my church is, standing at the door, is standing at the door, the door for more. Door for and more. so we choose to press, choose to press. and to pray. And to believe, to see the goodness of God in this San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, Lord, you are the God who raises from the dead. I believe I receive a quick recovery. Let's lift up both hands and say this. I put my eyes on the timeless one. And I believe... For some glorious new seasons in my life. You've planned it. I'll walk in it. I think we just need to rejoice for about a minute or so. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. I saw, I saw Brother Hagen when he was 80 years old do a backstroke. Glory to God. says, how can you be so excited? Because I believe it. I believe it. How about you? Do you believe it? Do you receive it today? Well, let's sing about it for a few moments. Amen.